If I told you that I had an encounter with God, and because of that encounter I had with God, His Spirit now lived within me, would you expect my new life with the Spirit of God living in me to look radically different than my old life when I didn't have the Spirit of God living in me? I'm guessing all of us would most likely say, well, I mean, I think so. I certainly hope that there would be some distinguishable difference in your life today now that you have the Spirit of God versus your life when you didn't have the Spirit of God. So a question is, if you saw no change or no discernible maybe difference in my life now, no change whatsoever, what conclusion would you maybe come to if you didn't see any of that change in my life? I think either you would say, well, Michael, you're just making this up. You didn't actually encounter God because uh, I don't see really much of a difference. If you didn't come to that conclusion, maybe the conclusion you would come to is, well, all right, maybe you did have an encounter with God, but maybe the Spirit of God is not really all that powerful in your life because there is no change in you whatsoever. Now, as I've been thinking about just these questions that I'm asking all of us to consider, um, I've been really thinking about just the idea of change and transformation in our life. And if we're not seeing that change or that lasting transformation in our lives, I wonder if it is because somehow or some way we have forgotten God. For the better part of my life, I've been uh, walking with God as long as I can at least remember. And there were certainly times in my walk with God where I was limping. There were times in my walk with God that I was just falling forward and many times where I was just falling backwards. But as I look back on my walk with God, if I'm being honest with you, so much of my walk with God, I had completely forgotten God. And what I mean by forgotten God is my focus often was on God as Father, because God as Father, that conceptually makes sense to me, uh, or Jesus, the person of Jesus, He makes sense to me. But I neglected the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit just did not make any sense to me. And as I shared last Sunday, if you neglect or ignore the Holy Spirit, it is to be one who has actually forgotten who God is, because God revealed Himself to us as a triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. So if I say, well, I just, Father makes sense, Jesus makes sense, Holy Spirit doesn't make sense, I'm just going to focus on these two people over here, but ignore the Holy Spirit, I'm actually ignoring or forgotten God altogether. Now, along with just the elders of Genesis, we don't want to be a people and we don't want to be a church that has either intentionally or unintentionally forgotten God by neglecting or ignoring the work and the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so the one question that I just want us to think through and consider this morning is this, what difference does the Holy Spirit make in our lives? What difference does the Holy Spirit make in our lives? Or maybe another way to ask is, what changes in my life should be evident because the Holy Spirit now lives within me. And just so we're all on the same page with this, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have been given the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not something that you earn one day when you are more mature. The Holy Spirit is given to us by God. Holy Spirit is not for certain types of Christians. It is for all Christians. 
says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, this is a man named Paul writing this letter, and he says this, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? So because the Holy Spirit has been given to us by God, and not in some random generic way, but in a very intimate sense, He lives in you, well then, what should our lives look like? The Holy Spirit has been given to us. If you're a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit intimately given to us that lives within us. So what should our lives now look like? Uh, This past week, I was doing a lot of reading on the caterpillar. And it's that small little creature that crawls around on the ground for a better part of his life and crawls up and down some plants once in a while as well, until the one day something crazy happens to the caterpillar. Now, I don't know the brain functionality of a caterpillar, but I would love to know what on earth goes on in their brains after they wake up from a four-week nap to discover that they can now fly. I don't know if they understand or comprehend, but imagine how crazy would it be to wake up and realize that you can now actually fly. This is what the Bible talks about as a metamorphosis that takes place within us. I wanted to paint a picture of what life was like for all of us before we knew God and what life was like after God drew us into relationship with him. It says in Titus, again, this is Paul uh, writing this letter to a young leader in the church. Once we, too, were foolish, disobedient, we were misled, became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil, meaning darkness and envy, and we hated each other. So this is not a pretty picture of what humanity was like, what we were like before God showed up in our lives and did something. But something happened to us when he did show up in our lives. Next two verses. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So the most important truth we must understand about the difference that the Holy Spirit makes in our lives is this. The Holy Spirit brings new life. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, brings new life. See, when you begin a relationship with God through faith in Jesus, the Spirit of God does not just refurbish your old life, he gives you and I a new life. Uh, last year, my um, iWatch broke, and it was under warranty, so I sent it back to Apple, and they shipped back to me what I thought was going to be a brand new, never have been used before iWatch. But to my surprise, they shipped me a certified refurbished watch. I realize this is first world problems, <laughs> meaning it was certified that this watch once had issues, but now it had been fixed. I didn't want a refurbished watch. I wanted a new watch because refurbished to me is not new. It's hopefully fixed problems. I'm really thankful that the Holy Spirit does not just refurbish our lives, that we're somehow just a better version of our old selves, that we're not as angry as we used to be or not as cranky as we used to be or not as moody as we used to be. Rather, He brings about a new life 
within us. Again, Paul wrote another letter to a church in Corinth, and he says this, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has, has come. So I just want you to catch that word, anyone. Anyone and everyone that believes in Christ has been given a new life, and that new life that has been given to us is because of the Holy Spirit. So new life is your new reality. The Holy Spirit, new life has become our new reality. Now, again, think about the caterpillar uh, for a moment. If you came across a caterpillar who had been given new life, meaning he'd been given wings, and you saw him still crawling on the ground, and you could actually have a conversation with this caterpillar, wouldn't you want to ask him, man, why aren't you flying? You have been given wings. Like, why aren't you using the wings that have been given to you in this new life that you now have? As I've been thinking about just this caterpillar example, if Jesus were to say to me or to you, hey, Michael, what are you doing with the new life? that my spirit has given you. How would you respond? Well, Jesus, actually, I'm still kind of bumping around on the ground. I'm still kind of crawling in the dirt. Or would you be able to say to Jesus, I'm flying. I've taken the new life by the spirit that you've given me, and I am flying. Now, being honest, I think all of us here would say, I would actually love to tell Jesus, I am flying with the new life by His Spirit that He's given me, but I think all of us would say, I just don't know how to actually do that. And this is the beauty of the Holy Spirit. He not only brings new life to those who trust Jesus, but the second difference that the Holy, Spirit's, Holy Spirit makes is just huge. So much like the caterpillar becomes a new creature with the power to fly, the Holy Spirit makes us new creations with the power to live a new life. He doesn't just give us a new life and say, good luck, figure this out on your own. The same Holy Spirit that gives us new life is the same Holy Spirit that gives us power to live that new life. When Jesus was teaching his followers about the Holy Spirit, one of the things that he wanted them to understand was that when the Holy Spirit is going to show up in your life, it is going to come in power. And not, again, just generic power. It is going to be a power that fills you. So one of the very final things that Jesus says to his disciples in the gospel before he ascends to be with God the Father, he says this, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Fills you with power from heaven. And just so we're clear, the power that the Spirit of God brings is so far different than how the world thinks about and understands the concept of power. I think when our culture, the world thinks about power, we think about the ability to control people or the ability to control situations and circumstance to our gain or to our advantage. We think about power through the lens of being somehow self-sufficient or independent with no need for help from anyone and even from God. And that's a far cry from how the Bible actually describes the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our new lives. And I just want to focus on two things 
that the Holy Spirit, two specific ways we have been given heavenly power. One would be the power to tell others about Jesus. Again, one of the final things that Jesus is speaking to his disciples uh, is this is recorded in the book of Acts. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Now, one of the guys that heard Jesus say this, his name was Peter. If you're not familiar with Peter, Peter was that guy who denied even knowing Jesus three times. Three times had the opportunity to say, no, I follow him. Three times he said, I swear to God, I do not know this man. It doesn't seem he's got much power. But when the Holy Spirit comes and Peter is filled with heavenly power because the Spirit has come into him, he powerfully preaches the first gospel message to a pretty unruly crowd, and over 3,000 people believed the gospel message that day, received new life, and were actually baptized. So if you have a hard or maybe difficult time talking about faith, talking about Jesus, talking about God, it might simply be because you're trying to do that in your own power. Because again, remember, worldly power, it's going to seek to protect you from being humiliated, being made fun of, or even potentially being harmed. But the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us helps us to overcome our fear of rejection, and it fills us with a desire that actually cares deeply about wanting other people who are far from God actually come to know God. Again, looking at something that Paul uh, wrote many letters in the New Testament, wrote another letter to a young leader in the church named Timothy. And Timothy was struggling with this. And so he says to Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. So the, the Spirit of God does not empower us to be weird. He doesn't empower us to be the person that goes to your office and just stands on your desk and screams as loud as you possibly can, Jesus saves you. But what the Spirit of God actually empowers you to do is to begin caring deeply about people in your life who don't know God, and He gives you power to actually share with them about how you can know Him. Uh, a good friend of mine, his name is Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy serves as one of our worship leaders here. And this was on a Good Friday, and he came up to me, and he's like, Michael, I'm just so excited about Easter. I was like, yeah, me too, man. And he was like, no, like, I've never done this before, but I invited a lot of my coworkers to come to Easter. And I was like, Jimmy, that's amazing. That is absolutely awesome. He's like, Michael, I was so scared. I was so freaked out. I thought it would be so difficult, but I just took one of those Easter invite cards, and I was so excited to actually just share with them hey, I go to this church, would love for you to join me uh, on Easter Sunday. It was so simple, but yet so beautiful and such an example of the power that God gives us to care deeply about people enough just to simply invite them to come and be part of something that you are part of. Now, the power to live a new life not only shows up in the power to talk about Jesus or tell other people about Jesus, but it actually, the power shows up in the power to look more like Jesus. Not just talk about Jesus, but the Holy Spirit gives us power to actually grow in looking more and more like the character of Christ. 
Maybe just think through these questions. Uh, Humility. Would you love to grow in just being more humble? Would you love to grow in actually loving people more? Like maybe your spouse, your kids, neighbors, coworkers, friends, family. Would you just, I want to be better at loving people. Or I want to grow in being more generous or more forgiving or I would love to develop or cultivate within my heart a servant's heart where I actually enjoyed serving people. And not just on a Sunday morning, but just serving people Monday through Saturday as well. Is there anything in you that says, you know, I would love to just be done with anxiety and fear and worry or anger and bitterness? Or is there something in you that says, you know what, I have these addictive behaviors that have been besetting me for years and years and years. I would love just to be free from the things that have been literally trapping me. Is there anything in you that says, I would love to enter into and just enjoy peace and joy and rest and contentment in my life? Those are lots of questions, but I think all of us here would say, absolutely. Of course, I would love to grow and mature and develop and walk in those things every day. But I think the question we come back to is simply this, how? How can I actually do these things? How can I grow and mature and develop in these ways? Now, I just looked this up this past week and was somewhat uh, surprised, but not surprised. In America, we spend over $10 billion a year on self-help and self-improvement. Now, I don't know if that sounds like a lot of money to you, but I was, that's an astronomical amount of money to me that so many people are hungry for self-help or self-improvement and they're turning to self-help books or maybe a life coach or going to self-help improvement seminar. So much money. And I wonder if the how we grow and develop actually finds its answer in something that Jesus said before his death. It says in John 15, Jesus speaking, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. I don't think Jesus is just exaggerating here. I think he's being very honest and sincere to say, apart from me, you can't do anything. And so I've been wrestling and thinking for myself, how much in my life right now, Michael, are you trying to do apart from Jesus in your own strength? How many of us are maybe trying to improve an attitude or behavior or trying to improve maybe your marriage and a family dynamic or trying to improve relationships or a position or role that you have in your own strength? Jesus made crystal clear that apart from him, we can do nothing. But if we remain in him and he in us, well, guess what? We bear much fruit. We bear a lot of fruit in our lives. And the way we remain in Him and He in us is through the Holy Spirit that He has given to us. Jesus, again, teaching His disciples on the Spirit that was going to come after He left. Verse, chapter 14, verse 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Just catch that last part. All things... He will teach you all things and bring to mind remembrance all that I actually said to you. And so Jesus makes clear that it will be the Holy Spirit, the helper, who will help us become more like Jesus. 
So again, we come to that question of how. How will we become more like Jesus? Well, the Spirit of God in us gives us the power to apply the words of Jesus to who we are and to how we live every moment of our day, meaning the Spirit and the Word of God work inseparably together to make us more and more like Christ. Thus, the fruit we bear in our attitudes and our actions and our relationships and the role we play, they all flow from the Spirit of God and the Word of God working inseparably together in our lives. So we can't have the mentality of, I'm just going to be that spirit guy, and we can't have the mentality, well, I'm just going to be that girl who just gets in the Word. No, because the Spirit uses the Word, they work together to bear fruit in our lives to help us look more and more and more like Christ. So what difference does the Holy Spirit make in our lives? Well, the Holy Spirit brings new life, and He brings power to live that new life. And that power in our life, working through our life, manifests, shows up in the power to talk about God, the power to tell about others, tell others about Jesus, that power that stirs something in our hearts to actually care about people in our lives who are far from God because we want to help them know God, and that power to look more and more like Christ. Now, for one more time, just bear with me, think about our friend, the caterpillar. When asked who he now is, imagine if the caterpillar responded to you by saying, well, I'm a caterpillar that's been given some really funky ability to fly. If you could talk to this caterpillar, wouldn't you step in and say, man, you are no longer a caterpillar. You have become something altogether new. You're a butterfly. You're no longer a caterpillar bumping on the ground. You've been made a brand new creation that's a butterfly that can fly. If you are a Christ follower, a Christian, you are no longer who you once were, not even close. The Holy Spirit has not only given you a new life, but He's given you the power to live this new life. If we live as ones who have forgotten God, we will live like men and women who have been given wings but are still bumping along on the ground. For those who would declare, I will not forget God. I will not be one who falls prey to forgotten God. I just want to encourage you, prepare yourself to take flight. Because the Holy Spirit has so much more for us that He wants us to enter into and live out. Power of new life, power to live the new life, and the power to tell others, and the power to become more and more like Christ.